Welcome to Modern Practice. On this episode, we'll examine the fast-track approach to optimizing your organization's national scorecard performance. There are dozens of scorecards, hundreds of metrics, and it's a challenge to track and improve using these metrics. Today, we'll feature a program that can help you do that. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Villanueva, Principal Operation and Quality at Vizian and Practicing Internist. Joining me in this discussion is Dr. Rick May. Rick, we're glad you're back. Hey, Tom, it's always great to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Rick, tell us a little bit about your background and your current role here at Vizian. Well, Tom, I've kind of had an interesting journey to get here. Uh, I started medical school many years ago, and I ended up in an orthopedic surgery residency, ultimately in my career, which worked out great. I got to be basically a primarily an orthopedic trauma specialist and did that for more than 20 years working in Denver. So it was a great life. What's interesting was for me, I was always struck by the fact that while I felt like I could do a lot for individual patients, I recognized that as a whole, looking at the entire system, there were a lot of opportunities for improvement. So about 15 years ago, when a friend of mine reached out to me and said, hey, listen, I'm doing some consulting work in quality improvement. Do you have any interest in doing that? I said, well, I'm not really sure what that is, but sure, let's take a look at it. So long story short, starting about 15 years ago, started working doing clinical quality improvement consulting at several hospitals across the U.S. And over the last 15 years, I've actually done less and less orthopedics and more and more quality improvement. So that's sort of been my career the last 25 years or so. Quite relevant to this conversation was actually prior to my doctor life, I was a big data analytics computer geek. I was fascinated by math and computers growing up. So my graduate work was in advanced mathematics and biostatistics. I got to work for NASA for a while in the life sciences division, doing artificial intelligence research there. And I'll tell you, it's interesting. In my life now, all that has really come together. So I get to work on clinical things and look at quality improvement, but also we get to work with lots and lots of data within Vizient. So I feel like I've got a great life these days. So Rick, let's level set. National scorecards have really increased in the last couple of years. And why is that? And what's really their purpose? Well, I'll tell you, Tom, it is sort of a fascinating evolution. If you look back 20 years ago, there were just some very, very basic scorecards out there. CMS was really even just moving into it at that point. What we've seen clearly is this big explosion, I think, in interest really in trying to objectively measure performance. And that may be something that the internet has driven really across sort of all aspects of our lives. But clearly, if you go on anything, any shopping site now, you can look for how many stars something's rated. I think that really a lot of patients these days want that same type of transparency when it comes to their healthcare. And a lot of different organizations have answered from everything from the government through Medicare and Medicaid, really putting out their CMS star systems and other things, but also private organizations like LeapFrog, like US News, also really kind of answering that demand to say, hey, tell me about my healthcare, show me quality, do it in an objective manner that I can really understand so I, as a consumer of healthcare, can make better choices. So Rick, about a decade ago, I remember the CMS director stating that CMS is moving from a purchaser of services to a purchaser of quality. Is this really what they had in mind? I think we're certainly moving in that direction. I think clearly that's not what we've arrived at yet. Obviously, in this day and age, there's a lot of situations where, frankly, hospitals and providers get paid more for bad outcomes than they do for good outcomes. But I think ultimately, at a national level, particularly driven by CMS, they really recognize that continuing to pay on a fee-for-service, essentially-based system where the more that we bill, the more that a hospital gets paid, that's really not a sustainable system. And also, we're rewarding the wrong things. What you really want to do ultimately is say, listen, we're going to provide for care, but at the end of the day, we want high-quality care. So I think Medicare is really trying to find ways to make that that happen? What are the systems they can put in place that can really help to reward great care? And to a certain extent, frankly, start to really discourage less than great care. So Rick, that makes sense to me, but is there really value in these scorecards? Well, yeah, Tom, I think there's actually a lot of value in the scorecards. If you, if you think about kind of the pros and cons, right? The upside about these scorecards is the fact that for the most part, they're collected by independent agencies. They try and use objective data and they try and basically analyze it in a statistically solid manner. So that's all the positive. 
things. Mm-hmm. But the challenge, I think, overall is the fact that because you can't sample everything everywhere all the time, because of that, it doesn't present a complete picture of really the quality that a hospital, for example, is really driving. I think that the short answer to your question is this. There is value in the scorecards. You have to take them with a little bit of a grain of salt. It's important to try and understand kind of what goes into them and recognize that really the scorecards, however you look at them, really should be part of a broader base, really data gathering process for patients when they come to the hospital. So they look at the scores, but also talk to your own physicians, ask about really the quality of an organization or a provider, really even talk to other folks, you know, and other friends and family that have had experiences in different facilities. Put all of that together to really create the best picture you can of the quality of an organization. So Rick, can't they be too simplistic? I mean, how reliable are they? Well, Tom, that's a great question. Here's the challenge with all these scorecards. If you think about how a hospital functions, there are literally thousands, tens of thousands of activities happening every day in the hospital. And there's probably that same number of outcomes happening across a variety of different patients. So one of the challenges of all these scoring systems is to try and actually simplify all of that, to condense it down, to take a huge amount of data information and make something meaningful out of it in a way that the average non-medical person can understand. I think the challenge is, is it oversimplifying? Yeah, to a certain extent. But I think, again, back to what you think about the purpose of these scorecards. It's not to necessarily be the ultimate answer. It's really to provide an objective vision of a hospital to say, listen, when it comes to a particular area, is that heart failure management? Is that come to heart surgery? Is that coming to something like how they treat pneumonia patients? The idea is to really, I think, give the patients, and again, mostly non-medical folks, an idea of kind of where to start to look in terms of quality and to be able to compare it really objectively across a variety of different hospitals, different facilities, and to do it in a way that really is statistically sound, meaning that you're going to use the numbers, you're going to interpret the numbers in a way that really makes sense, that essentially the math that goes into the analysis all makes sense as well. So yeah, they're simplified, but they're also, I guess, a lot of power in that simplification. Rick, who's using these scorecards? Is it the consumers? Is it the payers? What do you think? Well, I'll tell you, Tom, if you look at the numbers, there's millions of people that look at these scorecards. And we're talking about these are payers, these are patients, these are a variety of different organizations that are looking at hospitals, trying to decide if they want to work with them or not, or families that they want to actually have members of their family go there. So there's no question about the fact that there are people looking at the scorecards. I think one of the biggest questions is, are they changing their decisions based on what they're seeing in those scorecards? In other words, we know that really one of the most powerful things that really pushes a patient to a particular facility is the recommendation of their facility. And so, for example, will the scorecard override that? Probably not. But at the very least, again, for patients that are maybe torn between two different facilities or they have a choice, I think there is some value to them in looking at the different scorecards. One of the biggest sort of evolving areas, which is frankly been evolving really slowly, is this issue about how payers, not just like Medicare and Medicaid, but other big payers, United, Cigna, Aetna, those types of payers are really using this information to help determine where their patients are going to go. And clearly that isn't super advanced in the U.S. right now, but clearly that's happening more and more. The payers are coming back and saying, you know what, we know at the end of the day that we end up paying for everything that happens to the patient. And the higher the quality of care, really the better outcomes for our patients, but also, frankly, less the payers have to put out in terms of dollars. So more and more, they're putting more stake into these outcomes as well. Again, I don't think that nationally the systems are particularly sophisticated yet, but clearly that's the evolution that's what we're moving to is much more of a quality-based payment system overall. Rick, what do you think are the drawbacks and the limitations to national scorecards? Well, biggest limitation, hands down, is this. that When you look at any scorecard for any hospital, it's really only looking at a subset of a subset of a subset of the patients and the outcomes that are available. That's just by nature of the scoring system. They can't track 200, 300, 500 different outcomes. So really looking at a very, very narrow sliver of what goes on. That's number one. Number two is, if you think about it also as well, that because so much of the reporting of scorecards really starts and ends with CMS data, 
meaning that Medicare collects information. They produce really their outcome metrics, their national scorecards. But then a lot of other agencies pick up on that CMS data and use it in their scorecards as well. So that one big implementation that issue is the fact that most of the national scorecards you see are really being driven and determined really by this smaller sliver of Medicare patients, which are really not typical of what you see across all the patients in a hospital. That's one significant limitation right there. So Rick, this seems like boiling the ocean to me for many organizations. What can we at Vizient do to help members actually improve on their national scorecards? Tom, I'll tell you, we've actually had a lot of requests from our member hospitals over the last couple of years really to address this issue. Because you might imagine, even before the pandemic, hospitals were really struggling to try and decide, listen, we've got hundreds of potential areas we could work on in terms of different quality improvement focus. We've got hundreds, even thousands of metrics in some situations internally. How do we understand and prioritize amongst all of those? So the Vizians come in for a lot of these hospitals. Through the analytics that we have, because we have so much information, both from the hospitals themselves, but also nationally, we've created analytics that allow us to go into a hospital really ask them, okay, what do you care about? What's most important to you in terms of which scorecards do you care about? Which payers are you focused on? Once we know that for a hospital, we can go out, we can look at all the hundreds of different metrics they're contending with today. We can basically analyze that. We can condense all of that information down to a really refined, prioritized list of the, say, top 20 to 25 metrics that really have the biggest impact across all the different payers. As I mentioned, because so many of the different scoring systems use similar data, if you can focus in on that 10 or 20 that really make the most difference, have the biggest weights that are across the most scorecards, actually the ones that you can also reasonably improve in a quick amount of time. If you can really give the hospital some clarity around that to say, listen, we know you can't boil the ocean, but here you can certainly boil this much water, you know, these 20 things and tell them not just, hey, this is where you should focus, but also the analytics we have today allow us to be able to say, listen, if you can do these 20 things and you can improve reasonably well over the next couple of years, this is what your scores are going to look like in the future. And that clarity has been really helpful for hospitals to say, okay, listen, now we know where to focus. We have limited resources. Let's apply them to those areas that are really going to give us the biggest bang for our buck. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. I want to thank Rick for joining us, and he'll return next episode to continue our discussion. We'll cover the advanced math that drives national scorecard performance, and if you'd like to contact Rick, please use his email address in the resource section of our podcast page. And if you have any additional questions pertaining to modern practice, or simply want to send us your comments, please contact us at our email at modernpracticepodcast.com. We've posted a link in our resource section. And please join us for other modern practice podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, and send us your comments. I'm Dr. Tom Villanueva. Thanks so much for listening.